in, everybody. How is everyone doing today? It is Monday. Monday, Monday, Monday. This is actually, I think, the first Monday in, uh, in three Mondays now that uh, you guys have got me, Mr. America, the Bearded Truth, Jason Lyon. Thank you guys all for being here tonight. I'm, uh, I'm excited to get through. Uh, I'm excited to get through the horrible stories of this weekend. And, uh, you know, we've had some, some serious, some, some seriously stupid things happen from the LP national, but it wouldn't be the LP national unless stupid things were happening. So the herd of cats is still failing to, um, really do anything of value. So it goes without saying. Um, that the LP National is messed up this weekend. And, of course, we've got to cover some of the First Amendment stuff. That is uh, what happened in Portland, Oregon this weekend. Antifa making its way. And I've I, I got to share this, right? I'm drinking, I'm drinking a Buddha beer, all right? It's a Lucky Buddha. Lucky Buddha. It came from China. Amazing. Amazing stuff. So welcome in, everybody. It is July the 1st, so if you guys are here in South Carolina, the beautiful state of South Carolina, today your gas tax just went up. So now we're paying 45 cents per gallon just to, to fuel your car to get to work. Just to, to drive on these roads, be paying 45 cents for every gallon, so that way they could take care of the pothole-ridden roads. The roads will never get fixed. And you'll continue to pay more taxes. The beautiful world of government. Um, so I want to want to first say uh, thank you guys all for being here. If this is your first time here, my name is Jason Lyon, Mister America, the Bearded Truth. I <clears throat> I am your neighborhood friendly libertarian. Uh, hang out, good person. I always comply with the non-aggression principle, never trying to harm others, never trying to infringe upon myself. And I believe in the basic principles of don't hurt people and don't take their stuff. Uh, I wish that this was something that the government would believe in. But nonetheless, here we are. Um, I want to give a big shout out to Muddy Waters Media for giving me a platform to reach out to you guys, to talk to you guys about politics, social issues and uh, everything that's going on, not only in the country, but also around the world. So plenty of things have been occurring. Lots of things have been happening. Dylan flood, absolutely, my roads, which the government cares nothing about. We've got our virtue signaling. We've got our, our representatives, and we don't care about that. Mm. Yes, Pat. Uh, Pat says, no, I drive all, I drive through all the time. Next trip is in 13 days. Gas is so good there. Yes, for those of you guys unfamiliar with uh, with SE and our taxes and our gas, our gas is really, really cheap comparative to everyone around us. North Carolina to the north, obviously, those darn Yankees. We got Georgia to our south and, of course, Florida and uh, Tennessee. All of them have got higher costs of tax. It's always been costing a little bit more for you to go fill up your car and be able to move around and to take your family on trips and everything else. And South Carolina has been that little place where if you could drive 30 miles out of the way, pick up some gas, fill up, you're going to save yourself a couple bucks. Well, our representatives here, our wonderful, beautiful politicians in Columbia, South Carolina, decided that that, that incentive for people to come to our state was not good enough. So we need to not only... Um, and they're, they're advocating right now to put in tolls into our, our I-95, but they're, they put in the gas tax 
to increase it um, dozens of cents over over time, as well as, of course, what's already been put in place. So they want to raise it up because they say everybody else is, is a little more expensive than us and we need to be competitive. They don't understand the basics of economics. And, and despite the fact that we've been led by Republicans, we are led by the uh, the socialist light Republicans and, and not actual liberty advocates, not actual small government advocates, but actually people that support things like non-constitutional carry. So I digress on the issues of South Carolina. We might come back and hit a couple more of those. Um, we are going to be talking about Portland, Oregon, like I said in the, the very intro. But I first want to start off, and I want to talk about the LP National. Now, uh, we do have the beautiful Shane Sweeney uh, with the, the ratchet beard, if you will. Um, definitely more ratchet than mine. Sorry, bro. Um, Shane Sweeney brought it to my attention. I had seen it el- uh, elsewhere, um, but he really brought it to the forefront, and, and I want to thank him for that. That the LP National had tweeted out this this last weekend that silence is consent. That's right, boys and girls. If you are being infringed upon, if you are being aggressed upon, if you are even in the the era of the Me Too movement being sexually assaulted and or slash raped, your silence is consent in accordance with the LP National. Now, this is, of course, contrary to what the party platform says, and the party platform is that... Just because we're silent on a matter, just because we're not for or, or not vocal of for or against does not mean that we we accept these things. But for some reason, but for some reason, they believe that silence is consent when it matters to other people. So the party's got one set of standards and, and the people obviously have a different. And uh, as a member of the Libertarian Party, as a, a current chair of my county, I have to say that the LP National is an absolute dumpster fire, and I am I am excited to see if they can ever become a cohesive union that is in favor of liberty and not just pushing disgusting ideology such as that. Um, <clears throat> there, there seriously needs to be a cleanup crew coming through and fixing the LP National if if we ever want the Libertarian Party to actually push for liberty things rather than telling you, hey, if you don't speak out, you agreed with this. Mm. What a what a strange ideology that is. This is coming from the same party that has advocated for NODA. And if you guys are not a part of the Libertarian Movement, if you're not a part of the Liberty Movement, and you don't know what NODA is, N-O-T-A, that would be none of the above. So when you're going to vote and you see all these candidates, um, for example, if you voted in the 2016 election and you look at Donald Trump and you're like, nah, he didn't earn my vote. Hillary Clinton, she surely didn't earn my vote. She should be in prison. Uh, Gary Johnson, he doesn't even know where Aleppo is, so why would I vote for him? Uh, You know, you go through the entire list of all the presidential candidates and you go, none of these people have earned my vote. They have not earned my voice. And so I do not consent to them being elected, so I will cast a nota. Or I just don't show up at all if everybody is a nota. If nobody is there that has earned my voice, earned me stepping up and saying, this is somebody that I endorse, that I agree with, I might not show up. But in accordance with the LP platform, the the national platform, sorry, it's consent. 
you consent to this. You consent to a bump stock ban. You consent to silencer ban. You consent to, to taxes increased across the consumers of this country via tariffs because you were silent during the 2016 election. Now, I happen to vote for Trump, Donald Trump. Um, I, I agree with uh, a lot of, uh, not a lot, uh, wishy-washy, if you will. Not an anti-Trump. I'm not a pro-Trump. I am somebody that's going to pat backs and slap wrists. There's another line from Shane Sweeney. Um, but I don't consent to things that, that Donald Trump, that Obama, that George W., that Clinton, that H.W. I don't consent to these things just because I don't speak out against them. If they infringe upon me or infringe upon my ability to be free, my ability to to prosper in the ways that I see fit, as long as I'm not hurting people or taking their stuff, I don't have to speak out on everything to say to to believe that I can consent this. <laughs> Nobody knew where where Aleppo was though. Yeah, no, absolutely. Gary Johnson was. Nobody was referring to Aleppo as Aleppo. Nobody was talking about like, oh, this this thing happened in Aleppo this week. Unless you were diving down deep into the articles, and so there's no no real reason to to be upset with with Gary Johnson. I mean, even if Gary Johnson was like, "What is Iraq?" It would be very likely that him as the president, he would be like, "Let's pull out the troops of, from Iraq." Is that going to take us like six weeks to do? Is that going to take us three days? Like, how far away are they traveling? Is it on the moon? Is it on Mars? Wherever they're at, let's bring them on home. And I think that's a much better idea than than say what what we've seen from the Democratic uh, debates this last weekend or this last week, where you had uh, what was his name Tim Ryan I might be butchering his first name, but nonetheless Ryan from Ohio saying we just need to be more engaged in the Middle East. We need to be more pushing more troops, put more boots on the ground, more warheads on foreheads. Why are we not pushing this neocon agenda? Yeah, I think I would rather have people not know the intricacies and maybe pulling out our, our brothers and sisters, our, our good American uh, military away from those conflicts. I, I'm one of those people that I support the troops. I support the troops in the way that I don't want to put them in harm's way unless it's absolutely necessary and it's absolutely vital. So when we have these endless wars, when we have these endless conflicts, when we're there protecting poppy fields, when we're there supporting a genocide in Yemen, I go, is that really the best interest of, of those troops? Is that really the best interest of America? Probably not. Let's pull them out. And so I support the troops. And I want to know, do you guys support the troops? Let me know in the comment section below. Let me know in the, uh, on the YouTube feed, on the Periscope feed, on the Facebook feed, anywhere that you're seeing us live. If you guys are, are tuning in from the, oddca- or the, the podcast version, thank you guys for tuning in later. Um, we always go live Mondays and Fridays here on Mr. America, the Bearded Truth Show. Uh, we go live around 7. Tonight was 7.45, so I apologize for being a little delayed. Um, but I got the Buddha beer, so it's, it's good, right? Um, but drop a comment. Let us know. Find us on Facebook. Find us on YouTube. Find us on, on Periscope, on Twitter. You can find us all under Muddy Waters, Muddy underscore Water for Twitter and Periscope. But uh, yeah, let us know. Let me know if you guys actually support the troops, how you support the troops, and if you support everything that the troops are being forced into. It's a huge issue. It's a it's a it's a growing issue, and I really think, I really think, I realize we're staying way off the topics I was planning, but I like this stuff. 
I really do think that America is more anti-war than what our politicians will, will lead us to believe. I really think that people would rather grab onto the domestic issues rather than looking at what we do in, in foreign lands, right? It's not my backyard. Why do I care? It's not, it's not my children that are being bombed. It's not my kids that are being, um, being held away from medical care. We're not being starved. We aren't going to, to weddings and, and having the whole place be blown up. We're not going to funerals for the weddings that were blown up and just to be blown up again. We don't have situations like that here in this land. So I'm more worried about, can we get better health care? Can we get better schooling? Can we, have, can we have the government just wipe away the debt? But I think when people sit down and they really look at the conflicts that America has been involved with, when they look at the way that America has been the aggressor, Rather than the defensive things in which the propaganda has led you many to believe. But when you notice us as the aggressor in many of these situations, I think that the truth is that many people actually do oppose this stuff. And so I thank you if you if you are one of those individuals out there in espousing this view and saying, no more war, no more endless conflicts. If we don't have a clear objective when we get into something, there's no reason to get involved at all. There's no reason to start a war in 2002 in response to a conflict and still be in it in 2019. Maybe just maybe we could figure out a way to pull out instead of saying, oh, if we ever pull out, create the vacuum and everything else. Well, we're so worried about this vacuum that we just stay sucked in there. We are the ones filling that vacuum. Huge issue. Shane Sweeney says, I support the troops abandoning the military and protecting their homes instead of political footballs or being used as political footballs. Mm. But that's a far away idea. Secession would save lives. Ooh. Speaking on that truth, man. Worst plot games in history. <laughs> oh, thank you, Shane. I appreciate you, man. Um, yes. Now that I've got my anti-war rant out of the way. Yemen, there's an attempted genocide in Yemen. I'm just going to drop that, and then we'll digress into, back into the into the planned programming. So yes, the LP National is in favor of silence. Never mind. They, they were not silent on the fact that silence is consent. They are in favor of telling you that if you don't speak out, then you are complicit, and you are to be held accountable just as much as those who are voting against you. That's kind of a, a messed up way of looking at things, but nonetheless. And meanwhile, while we're talking about the LP National, I do have to point out Nicholas Salwark, who is the Libertarian National Chair. That's right. He's heading up the entire party of the Libertarian Party, and uh, he got hit pretty hard today. Pretty hard with the facts, the cold, hard facts. Now, I want to I wanna grab this. I want to make sure that I get this absolutely correct. And uh, basically, there's a one of my Facebook friends, a guy that uh, many people within the oh man, Shane he took us to the next level. That went on RT Russian Russian Today or Russia Today. If you guys don't know what RT is, it is the Russian news channel. They accept in people from from America and from around the world international news. They talk about a lot of topics. And this individual had posted it basically saying, look, I'm going to be labeled as a Russian bot because I went on there and I talked negatively about the 
U.S. empire, or sorry, he said the U.S. government. Um, and and so he was looked at as, and he knew it was going to be coming, that he was going to be portrayed as a Russian bot. Basically, the context was, was that China and Russia are about to be getting involved with heavier trades amongst themselves, and they're not going to be using the U.S. dollar in order to back that. Right. So they're shying away from the U.S. dollar and what that means. And so he goes into the entire spiel there. And I'm not I'm not going to go into deep into that because I think I would I would not do the topic justice. But nonetheless, he had basically said this. And so Nicholas Sarwalk, our the LP national chair, basically mocks him and says, look, RT only accepts people if you're willing to say what they want you to say. Now, on the. Optically, that may be true. Many, many shows, many uh, channels, many providers, news organizations, if you will, won't let you come on if you are educated and you speak against what their values are. Understandably so, right? If you look at Tucker Carlson, does he bring anyone that's intelligent from the left? No, nah, he brings the idiots. That's why Eric Swalwell's cheat, or his seat is still warm. Because Eric Swalwell can come on anytime he wants. Because we know that Tucker Carlson can just box him into the corner and just beat the crap out of this dude. So RT brought brought this individual on. And Nick Swalwell, Sarwalk, um, wants to mock him and, and, and really portray a negative image. Well, the problem is, is that Nick himself, Nick himself has been on there multiple times. So what is it that RT is getting Nick Sarwalk to say? And now, now he laid that out there. So was it true for him? And if it was true for him, why doesn't he explain what it was that they wanted him to say? Or is he just a Russian bot? Of course not. Is is, is this atrocity? It is the disgusting things in which people who claim to be liberty lovers, who claim to allow other people to speak, would rather try to silence others just in case if they get outshone, in case if they, they get out-intellected on a platform. And so I think that really Nick is trying to create a monopoly where he's the only one from the Libertarian Party to show up on RT. Now, I know Nick's not exactly the most principled Libertarian. He does seem very left-leaning. But it really just speaks to this this problem of of libertarian infighting and and trying to silence others. There's so much authoritarianism within a spectrum of people that are supposed to be along the, the very bottom of the quadrants. It's a huge issue. Neoliberals love war just as much as neocons. I'm sorry, I read that a couple times. I love it. So the LP National, I really think it's becoming a dumpster fire, and, and it's been a dumpster fire, and, and eventually we just got to push it off into California and just let it be a dumpster fire in California. Um, it'll, it'll burn right along with all the, the, the forest fires that happen there every year that for some reason everyone says, oh, it's even worse than last year. Well, if you took care of your fires a little bit or your, your, uh, your wildlife out there a little bit better, maybe get the, the federal government out of it and allow you guys to actually – maintain your fires you'd be able to to fight them a little more adequately but who cares about centralization when you could screw yourself over sorry i messed that one up who cares about having localities have control when you could just push it to a centralized power and screw everything up that's kind of a nice synopsis for the 2020 debate from last week as well 
All right. I want to get into, I want to give a big shout out and because I'm actually really excited for this. This Wednesday night, this Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, there's a one-year celebration of My Fellow Americans. You guys have never heard of My Fellow Americans? You guys are not very good Muddy Waters fans. I'm kidding. This Wednesday night, Spike Cohen has his one-year anniversary of My Fellow Americans. And for those of you guys who have been tuning in for, with Spike, he's a, he's a fantastic host, isn't he? Very funny. You, you, you leave in a much better mood every time, even when he covers the deepest, darkest of things. Well, Spike Cohen... I don't know if he's trying to just either shine the light on himself to show how much smarter and better he is or what it is, but he has invited me on this Wednesday night. I'm excited. Um, so this Wednesday night at 8 p.m., we are going to be holding an Ask Us Anything where you can send us your questions on Twitter, on Facebook, or whatever platform you want to reach us on. And uh, we will be answering questions live and, and hopefully um, be able to spread the word of liberty. So share with your friends, share with your family this Wednesday night, Spike Cohen, 8 p.m. Eastern on the My Fellow American Show. Now let's get to why it is that there's nowhere to go but up. So this weekend, Antifa comes to Portland, Oregon. Now there was a movement, there was a gathering, a, a, a gathering that was the Him Too movement. What does Him Too mean? Well, the Me Too movement is obviously uh, speaking out against sexual harassment, sexual assault, and rape. Horrible, horrible situation. We here at Muddy Waters Media do not condone rape. We do not condone sexual harassment. We do not condone harassment, nor do we condone assault. But the Him Too movement is all about being against the false accusations that have come from the Me Too movement or otherwise. So plenty of issues there, right? We, we've covered some of the false accusations. Uh, many people, one of the ones that gets highlighted is the, um, the alleged situation with, with Judge Kavanaugh, right? Was it a political hit piece? Was it just merely trying to oppose him and prevent him from coming on? Although I will say that uh, Judge Kavanaugh has not met the low expectations that I had for him. He is failing as a Supreme Court nominee in many ways and has been supporting the left on many things and is generally a failure. Um, but Judge Kavanaugh was being, of course, being accused by uh, Christine Blasey Ford. And that was one of the ones where the evidence didn't really line up. There was a lot of people questioning the the, the validity of it. And it just seems seemed like that was pretty well debunked, especially after the investigation was through. So the Him Too movement would be opposing allegations like that. So this weekend, they were doing those movements, and Antifa did what Antifa does. And while being opposing fascism, they utilized their fascist tactics in order to attack people who they disagreed with. And one of those happened to be... Oh, no. I don't have his first name up. His first, the first one would be Andy. Andy No. Andy No is a man who has been around the Portland, Oregon area for a while. He has considered himself a, <clears throat> he has considered himself a journalist, and I don't dispute that charge. He's been somebody who's been talking about topics. He's been there to, to previous protests, and we'll cover one of those in a little bit. 
Um, but he's out there and he's he's trying to raise awareness for situations. And, and it seems as if anytime Antifa's out there, he is also out there recording and, and shining a light, using the sunlight, which is the best disinfectant, on these situations. So Andy No was out there this weekend and he got the milkshake. So if you guys haven't seen what the milkshake was, this was recently made uh, trendy and viral over there in over there in the UK with uh, Tommy Robinson and uh, uh, Nigel. Miss forgetting his first name. I apologize for that. But both of those individuals had been recently milkshake. Basically, the entire premise of he. When if if milkshaking is not a, a descriptive enough, throwing a milkshake at somebody who you oppose for ideological reasons, they have the wrong thoughts. Therefore, they need to have a strawberry shake. I would prefer a strawberry shake if I get milkshakes. Maybe if it's a Tuesday, you could do a chocolate. But please, 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 if you guys are going to milkshake me, keep it away from the vanilla. Nonetheless, it is still salt. It is still disgusting. Nobody should be doing these things. So Andy No going out there, um, doing his thing, doing his journalism thing, recording stuff, he gets attacked. And <clears throat> he gets assaulted not only with the milkshake, but he also gets beat up and uh, has actually suffered some brain injury, brain bleeding. So it's a disgusting situation in which um, somebody who's there just to, to relay the information, right, and I, I want to expand on that real quick. If you are a political movement, if you are an activist, if you are an advocate, if you are somebody there that has an opinion, that has an idea, that wants to get that out there, why do you oppose any journalist regardless of their ideology? Why do you oppose anybody out there? You should be going up to people that oppose you, that agree with you, that are indifferent to your views, and trying to spread them and share them in any way, shape, or form. But if you have to resort to violence rather than trying to espouse your views and to win people over, it speaks more about you than it speaks about anybody else. So, so Antifa decided that it was not good enough, and so they decided to attack him. And and like I said, he, he actually has some some significant damage to him that was that was saturday then on sunday on sunday two more people john bloom and adam kelly were both attacked they were mobbed and pummeled by black mass protesters in a horrific attack that left mr blum bleeding profusely from runes to his face and skull, as shown in a video shared on social media by conservative pundit Michelle Malkin and others. The assault came during the counter-protest that saw journalist Andy No bruised and battered by Antifa activists. This is from the Washington Times. An incident captured on video by the Oregonian that drew outrage over the weekend from political media figures. There has been an investigation opened on these people, and Mr. Kelly... Uh, has a GoFundMe, which has raised about $150,000 already for him. He had 25 stitches in his head. He was beaten with a crowbar. So these individuals were out there, and, and they were protesting. They were opposing others with their voices, and as a result, were being attacked. 
Now, this is a bad enough situation just all on its own. But the problem is, is that the media, the mainstream media, has been fairly silent on this. And by mainstream media, of course, I mean the corporate media. The alternative media has been blowing up about this, about the fact that the corporate media in this country doesn't give a damn. They don't give a damn about what you think or what you say. In fact, many people still support Antifa. They still support the anti-fascists because they label themselves as anti-fascists while utilizing fascist methods in order to encourage and, and to, uh, to, to continue to migrate their ideas onto others. So instead of changing people's minds, they will just break your brains. So the media is being complacent in this. In accordance with the LP National, they consent to this because they are silent. That's not the only bad thing. Ted Wheeler, the mayor of Portland, before before I cover what he said on this situation, I want to cover what happened last year. Last year, um, back in... October 14th, this article was written on the Washington Times. Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler came under fire over a viral video showing Antifa, they're in Portland, Oregon again, protesters blocking traffic and harassing drivers. But he says he supports the decision by police to watch from a distance without getting involved. Now, that's a nice little opening conversation or opening paragraph for an article oh you know they're they're protesting they're blocking traffic they may be utilizing their voice and that's okay he said i was appalled by what i saw in the video but i support the portland police bureau's decision not to intervene the whole incident will be investigated now during this andy no was also called out. The video posted by journalist Andy No showed protesters, including members of Antifa and Black Lives Matter, blocking an intersection and attempting to direct traffic at while officers on motorcycles watched from a block away. I do remember this. I wouldn't say like it was yesterday, but I would say like it was last week. I remember seeing this as, as the Antifa members were pounding on people's vehicles. Yelling at people, calling them fags, calling them white trash, calling them white supremacists for not wanting to listen, for wanting to go in the way that they wanted to go in order to get to the destination that they wanted to. These members of Antifa were being discussing during this time. At one point during this event last October... The activists chased down 74-year-old Kent Hauser after he made a right turn against their wishes. The punishment for going against the mob mentality, against the, the black bloc, against Antifa? They were pounding on a silver Lexus and breaking a window. The car sustained thousands of dollars in damage. And even so, Mr. Wheeler, the the mayor of Portland, Oregon, insisted that motorists should feel completely safe driving downtown in Portland, Oregon. That's right, boys and girls. You want to drive down the road, get your windshield broken in, your windows broken in, your taillights broken in, your headlights, get a couple dents in your car, get, get keyed while you drive down the road, not be able to drive down the road you want to. You should feel completely safe doing that. Don't worry. I'm glad that the police didn't step in and protect their private property. I just have one question for you, Mr. Ted Wheeler. After that situation, after the situation that happened this week, weekend, are you going to change your tone? Are you going to actually step up and say, 
you know what? This is not good behavior. This is not something that we should be accepting. This is not something we should be tolerating. That if you have an opinion, you can espouse it with your voice. Utilize your voice box. Use your diaphragm if you got to speak up loud. But if you're going to actually use acts of aggressions against others, you can get the hell out of my country. Or we'll lock you up. Utilize that police force. But I don't think that Mr. Wheeler actually gives a damn. Because if this was to be happening to his car, the man would quickly weaponize the police, utilize any force necessary in order to hold those accountable. And with the situation happening this last weekend, he has denounced the use of violence. He says the investigation will be ongoing. Well, during the situation when, when Andy No, when he was attacked, they, there were multiple calls to the police, but it took them a while. It took them a good long while for them to be able to show up and to actually show support. They didn't want to show up on time. They didn't want to actually protect and serve. They protected their own interests their own interest being the state, and they served no one but their own views. So it's stances like this, it's, it's atrocities like this, that when you're so worried about being overprotective of people's property, that you just, no, nah, it's okay that they sat back. It's fine. Police shouldn't be getting involved so much. The people should be able to protect themselves. Well, how's the gun laws over there in Oregon? Hmm. Yeah, let's not, let's not get into that conversation. My blood will be boiling in a second. It's amazing that they, it's the, the lefty states that have removed your capacity, removed your ability to be able to protect yourself and to do what you need to do in order to ensure that your life, your liberty, your pursuit of happiness is protected, that they are slow, they're lethargic to getting involved and in, to ensuring your protection. And so my question to anyone out there living in a state such as like what we have here in South Carolina, where you're not able to carry, you have to ask for permission to carry. You have to get a permit. You have to pay the crown in order to get these things. If you're not interested in your own self-interest and your own self-defense, do you expect that the police will actually give a damn about you? Let me know in the comments below, of course. Please do let me know. I want to know if you actually believe that the police are going to be there to protect you on time, be there when you need them to be, or if you think that they're going to be slow and and responsive just the same way Congress is, just the same way uh, really anything that is inherent to government is. Expecting them to be on time is to expect that your life isn't worth very much. You will, it's something that everybody will be sadly upset about. Ted Cruz thinks that the Portland mayor let Antifa take over his city. This is from Vice News, so heavy left-leaning. I want to I read you guys from the left, because why, why not read what the left is believing? Pardon me. Texas Senator Ted Cruz is calling for a federal criminal investigation of Portland's mayor after a right-wing rider has beaten up after by anti-fascist activists during a protest over the weekend. The violence erupted as dueling protest groups faced off with one another and police in a few public squares on Saturday. In the latest repeated clashes in the liberal Oregon city since Donald Trump was elected. I love that in the beginning he's a right-wing rider. 
that Donald Trump was elected, and this has been the start of all these uh, these disgusting things. If I recall correctly, if I recall correctly, was Milo Yiannopoulos, was he during the ending of Obama, or was he during the times of President Trump being in office? I believe that that had actually started off while Obama was in office. And, and calling these people anti-fascist activists, call them what they are, Antifa. Don't call them anti-fascist because they utilize fascist tactics. While Antifa means the same thing, they're not the same thing as being anti-fascist. Three people were arrested and eight people injured, including, including writer Andy No. Wow, they called him by name, who was admitted to the hospital. The political animosity on display in Portland streets Saturday has continued to swirl online since then, and conservative medias have pounced on No's plight as evidence that anti-fascists, a.k.a. Antifa, ooh, they put that in quotations for us, are dangerous and not to be condemned as domestic terrorists. Well, why should they not be? Other conservatives have echoed Cruz's outrage at the situation, saying the mayor has lost control of the city. I don't think he's lost control of the city. He just doesn't want to actually take control. Antifa often damage property during protests, true, and sometimes get into violent confrontations. I wouldn't say sometimes. They literally, if you've never looked at the way that Antifa actually works, there's three groups of people within Antifa. You have the green, the red, and the yellow. The, the, um, the red people are going to be your front lines people. Those are the people that are going to be chanting, they're going to be talking, they're going to be right up in your face. The yellow people are going to be generally right behind them. Those are the people, if violence happens, I'm down. And then you have the green people. These are the people like Eric Clanton. If you guys don't remember who that was, that was the bike lock professor. That was the professor of ethics that had utilized a bike lock to bash open other people's skulls. He was a green member. That means green is go. Bring on the violence. Bring it on. Let's go. Let's knock some people out. If they have wrong think, then they need to be beat upside the head. So it's not just sometimes get into violent confrontations. Frequently get into confrontations with police or the far right. They get into conflicts quite often. But to date, they haven't been linked to any killings. But the attempted killings, they have. Rose City Antifa, Portland's local anti-fascist chapter, organized by a counter-protest, organized a counter-protest Saturday in response to the planned rally by the Proud Boys, a far-right street-fighting gang. The Proud Boys rally was dubbed the Battle of Portland Part 2. It was planned almost exactly a year since a similar violent rally, which led to four arrests and four people being transported to the hospital with injuries. Meanwhile, conservative activists, I love that it's always conservative, 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 conservative. You notice how they just keep repeating that to where eventually you, you have this con- connotation between conservative and far right. There are good conservatives out there. Meanwhile, conservative activists with men rights movement, hashtag him too, organized their own rally the same day. Proponents of him too movement believe men have been unfairly accused and maligned by the sexual assault allegations that surfaced during the Me Too movement. They believe men have been. There's been never, never been any true allegations of this, of course not, right? There's never been women that have been falsely accusing men, right? If you have been raped, if you've been sexually assaulted, if you've been sexually harassed, I, I, I stand with you. I stand with you in solidarity. I want your aggressors to be held accountable. But if you make a false allegation, a false allegation I stand against you. 
So the Him Too movement and the Me Too movement, I understand both of them, and I agree with both of them on premise. This is difficult for Vice News to get along with. This is difficult for a lot of people to get along with. Besides the melange of groups, strained police community relations added an extra dimension to the day. Earlier this year, Ted Mayor Ted Wheeler, who has received threats from Proud Boys, launched an independent investigation into bias within his own police department after a local paper paper published hundreds of text messages between a police lieutenant and the leader of the far-right Patriot Prayer. So because oftentimes, right, and this is something that Vice News hopes that you're ignorant to, whenever you're getting set up for an event, usually... The, group, the leaders of both groups will get in contact with the police to make sure that everything that they're trying to get done, every, all of the protections that they, they feel are needed to be in place, you have basically a negotiating tactic to where you'll have the leaders of one group talking with the police and the, the leaders of the other group will be talking with the police. It's common for discussions to happen between them. Maybe it's not always through text messages. Maybe it's through emails. Maybe it's in person. But Having those conversations, having that open dialect is not inherently corrupt, but many people will try to portray it as such and kind of how Vice News is is spreading this this one. <sighs> no works for an edit, editor of Quillette. Quillette, which touts itself as the Bible for the intellectual dark web and has made a name for himself via his coverage of Antifa. He's also known for spreading dangerous conspiracy theories about members of the media and minorities. This is coming from a, a gay Asian man. When video and photos of protesters covering no milkshake, raw egg, and silly string surface online, the initial response among his many enemies was somewhat gleeful. People were not just somewhat gleeful. People said, you deserve this. They said that that's all that you got, asking as if you should, basically alleging that Andy No deserved worse than what he received. They want, they are willing and accepting that if you are guilty of, of, of wrong thing, that you don't agree with me, that you are deserving of potentially being killed. They want your death. They want your they want you to be silenced and put six feet under. We see this from the left, we see this from the right. Both sides do this, and it it, it is worthy of being denounced anytime and every time that you see this. I think that that's the next movement that we need here in this country. Whether you agree with Andy No or not, you should you should be able to say that is wrong, right? Whether you see a lefty get attacked by a right-winger, you should be able to say that is wrong. It's, it's, I, I don't know why I feel like I'm speaking Spanish to some people. I'm, I'm really not trying to stay on the, the Democratic debate right now. But can we just announce this stuff? The article continues. But No's injuries turned out to be more serious than they first appeared. He later posted pictures on social media showing his bruised and swollen face and said his video equipment was stolen. He was admitted to the hospital and treated for his injuries, which he said, including bleeding, bleeding on the brain. Video of the con- confrontation shows no surrounded by many black clad protesters being pelted by eggs and silly string. When one runs up to him, throws a punch and another kicks him. Another black clad Antifa. I'm not going to say anti-fascist black clad Antifa member 
appears to step in and shield him as he walks away, removing his goggles. That didn't look like an Antifa member. That just looked like somebody else. It was the first time that a rally in Portland ended in violence. Last August, police fired off flashbang grenades into a crowd of counter-protesters at close range. One of the missiles struck a protester. They call it a missile. Ah. One of the missiles struck a protester in the back of the head, piercing his bicycle helmet and splitting his skull. That's horrible. The injury caused hemorrhaging, and he was diagnosed with traumatic brain injury. See, that's worth denouncing. Anyways, I'm not going to continue reading this hubbub, but I think that this really does show that, you know, the left, and Antifa is a member of the left, they are uh, more specifically called the uh, Anarcho-Communist Group, or ANCOM, not ANCOM. ANCAP, but ANCOM. Um, they're an ANCOM group, and they are, are proponents of the idea that wrong thing is wrong. And the left generally believes in identity politics. And, and this really gets to the idea, and this is what has pushed the, the Blexit movement, this has pushed the walkaway movement from last year, this has pushed a lot of those movements that your identity politics don't mean as much, Right. Identity politics do not mean as much as your wrong thing. So as long as you wrong think, then we can throw racial slurs at you. We can throw violence at you. We can do whatever it is that we want to do. And the left is otherwise silent on this matter. It's a growing issue and it needs to be handled. That is not my beer. That is sweet tea. Sweet tea. But... I, I want to finish off this this topic... With, with what Mayor Ted Wheeler said on the covering this specific one. And, and this first tweet is an absolute lie. But he said, Portland has always been a beacon of free speech. We are proud of that history. Beacon of free speech, eh? Uh, but in the last couple of years, some, increasingly, some have increasingly used their opportunity to exercise their First Amendment rights as an opportunity to incite violence. have increasingly used their opportunity to exercise their First Amendment rights as an opportunity to incite violence. Those are two very, very different things. Sure, you have the right to protest. You don't have the right to, pro- to riot. The idea that you come out there and you protest and, and you use the opportunity of protesting in order to riot, those are two very different things. If I go and I... I shake your hand and I talk to you and I sit down with a conversation that may pose an opportunity, but that doesn't inherently pose the opportunity to incite violence. That shouldn't be an idea. That shouldn't be an option. And, and to say that that to word it in that way really feels as if he's more accepting of this than what he should be, especially as the mayor, as the head of the city. Over the weekend, some chose to engage in violence in Portland, which is unacceptable and will not be tolerated. So my question to him, does he still support his his quote from last October? We stand against all forms of violence, regardless of someone's political leanings. Portland police officers have the uninviolable task of keeping the peace. It's a difficult job and hard decision Hard decisions are made in real time. While we continue to learn more about what transpired over the weekend, we will keep you informed. So he's giving cover and saying, look, it's it's a difficult job. Hard decisions are made in real time. 
I don't think it's difficult whenever somebody says, hey, look, I've been gruesomely assaulted. Can you come provide me with support? We'll be there in 45 minutes. Don't you worry. All right. We got a guy over here. He's got one of those plants. He's got one of those nasty plants. We got to throw him into a cage real quick. Got to find out what, who his family members are, figure out if they've got plants. We'll be over there in 45 minutes. Don't just, we, got, we got bigger fish to fry. It's not a hard decision. Is it a difficult job? Absolutely. It's a difficult job in order to try to maintain and quote-unquote police a lot of people. Absolutely. If you're not willing to be up to the task, stop having a monopoly on it and allow for a free market police force. Allow for the militia, which was supposed to be made regular in accordance with the Second Amendment. The militia to be there in order to protect people's First Amendment rights. In order to protect the peace. Allow for the people to be that. But instead what has happened and what continues to happen around this country is the government stands in your way from being able to protect yourself. And then they give themselves cover when they don't protect you either. I just, I, I want to give you guys this picture real quick. Look at, look at this. Imagine that being you. Imagine being bloodied up like that for wrong thing. Tell me you don't want to be able to defend yourself. Flabbergasted. Absolutely flabbergasted. I don't know how we're supposed to get through this and make, make this any better. All right, so I've mentioned it a couple times throughout the show, and I want to I want to give a, a kind of my three day later thoughts on on what happened on the Democratic debate. Um, I tried to keep it last time when when I covered this on Friday's show. Wanted to try to keep this kind of kind of at the thirty thousand foot view, not really diving into this stuff and not um, not really getting into the to, to the fact checking of everything, but. I wanted to give some projections here because things became more clear to me as I as I perused through those videos once again, as I looked in, thought about everything a little more, heard heard a couple good opinions from others. Um, <clears throat> I really don't think that Bernie Sanders wants to be president. I really don't think that Bernie Sanders cares. Bernie Sanders was paid off big from the 2016 election. <laughs> I'm glad you got it, Jacob. Um, <clears throat> oh, I don't know if Facebook is working, but hopefully it is. Hopefully Facebook notifications are still working. Comments. Um, and if you guys are on Periscope, please do find us on, on Facebook, find us on YouTube, uh, tune in over there because I don't always get to see your, your comments and that, that really does suck. I really like seeing you guys' contributions to the conversation. Um, so if you guys could find us over here on YouTube or on Facebook, um, I would appreciate that. But so Bernie Sanders really got paid off big, um, after being bought out by the DNC, kicked off and, and helping roll out the red card for Hillary Clinton to, to get that, uh, shameful defeat, from that election, he's working right now to 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 get the big paycheck to buy off, as Eric Jeffcoat just said, another lake house, 
to buy off a, another sports car or a supercar to buy another private plane so he has to stop flying with the scummy general populace. Bernie Sanders is not interested any longer in becoming president of the United States. You can see this with his ambitions. You can see this with his enthusiasm. You can see this in everything that he's been doing. Now, ignore his activists. Ignore his panel of people. Ignore a lot of the things that he's been doing. He's talking up a big game, but he knows that the rest of the Democratic platform is right there in line with what he's been saying. He was the grandfather of this all, maybe even the great-grandfather of this all, because he's been the Democratic Socialist. He's been pushing for these these ideas and these values of Medicare for all, of of making college free, of, of doing a lot of things that are just destructive to the economy and to, to freedom and to, to liberty. But everyone else has adopted it. They've they've taken it under their own, and they run with more enthusiasm. He's not interested in trying to step up the rhetoric and and, and match them. He's just interested in, in potentially making another New York Times bestseller book so they can talk to all those those cheap old broke ass reporters and say, "Nah, you guys can't afford this. You guys want me to pay more taxes? No, nah, I'm good. You guys want me to donate more to charities? No, nah, I'm good. I'm a millionaire, baby." I'm a millionaire. I am the 1%. I am making all this money, and you're not getting a damn dime of it. Bernie Sanders is here for himself. So if you guys are a Bernie bro out there, if you guys think that Bernie Bernie Sanders is for the betterment of, of America, I would love I would love to hear from you. I would absolutely love to hear from you. And I do got the phone number uh, hanging out there on the screen right now. If you guys are tuning in live, 802-671-5328. Feel free to call in on that. Um, yeah, Bernie Sanders is not in there for the win. Joe Biden, Joe Biden is, he's going to start falling. He's going to start falling off quickly. Biden is getting hit from all angles. The media is not covering for him. They're not protecting him. They're not providing him with the uh, the political lies and the, the, the misdirections of what what we saw for Hillary Clinton in the past or what we saw for a lot of the Democrats. Um, he's just not, he's just not going to make it. <laughs> he's not quick. He's not agile or like mentally agile anymore. When he gets hit with, um, with a, with a hard hitting question or a comment or a concern, he's not quick on his feet anymore. He's not bouncing back. He's not turning it around into a W for himself. So Joe Biden's not going to be taking it. Elizabeth Warren, she's the establishment her being the establishment, you have to you have to expect that the media is going to give her cover. They're going to help support her. They're going to give her somewhat the the pseudo uh, Hillary Clinton uh, treatment. Kamala Harris is going to be getting some some mixed treatment. I think that she's going to be getting criticized by the media a little bit more. But the I think the more grassroots movement is going to be pushing for the Kamala Harris's or the Kamala Harris. Um, she's going to be getting a lot of support from the people, but not so much from the media. The The people are going to say, look, she's a fighter. She's going to come in there. She's really going to fight to, to prosecute President Trump, right? This is all that she's famous for, is throwing people in cages and, and locking people up and victimless crimes and all that other stuff. She's, she's going to push that, and people are going to be attracted to her. People are going to gravitate to her. Because we know that the left is is obsessed with the idea of taking down President Trump. So Kamala Harris is going to be bold, emboldened there in the polls uh, in the coming weeks. We'll see how she does in future debates. 
Um, another notable will be uh, Mayor Pete Buttstuff, as what Dave Smith calls him, uh, but Mayor Pete Buttigieg. Whenever I see him talk, he really does remind me a lot of Obama. He says a lot of things that sound great. They're easy on the ears. Um, you can accept it. Problem is, just like Obama, not very good things are being said. But he can he could, he could definitely sell you some ice if, even if you're in the Arctic. He could do it. He's a pretty good orator, so he reminds me on that scale. Um, he he could take take the more extreme stances, water it down a little bit to make it more more acceptable, make it a little more digestible for you. So he's he's doing well. Um, we'll see some emboldening there. Um, Tulsi Gabbard, like I said on on Friday night show. I loved her anti-war platform. I love that. She needs to embolden that. Um, she she does have some some learning to do. She's got to be better about it. She's got to be less polite about it. She's got to pull a page out of Ron Paul and just say, nope, this is not good enough. It's not good enough, right? You don't even know the difference between Taliban and Al-Qaeda. Sit down while I tell you about who supports Al-Qaeda. Saudi Arabia supports Al-Qaeda. They're the ones who flew the planes into, into our buildings. Ryan, they flew it into there. They're supported by Saudi Arabia, and Saudi Arabia right now is being supported by America, who's dropping bombs, who is literally attempting a genocide there in Yemen. Sorry, I, I, why don't we cover this earlier? So she needs to get on that front. She needs to be aggressive with the anti-war rhetoric. She needs to make that known. She needs to make sure that every single corporate media group out there has to talk about what she said. But she's not, she's going to get Google hits. She's going to get looked at, but she's not going to be changing anybody's minds. She won't be doing it. She is just white noise outside of that. She has no originality when it comes to domestic policy. She has nothing there. She is the mainstream Democratic Party. And nobody wants the mainstream Democrat. They want the populist. They want the the establishment. They want somebody that they think is going to be great on those things. And if you're really lackluster in the way that you're going to uh, to to disperse the ideas for the domestic policy, nobody cares. So Tulsi Gabbard, she's I don't expect much from her, but I'm thankful for the anti-war stances there. Um. Really, outside of that, Cory Booker. Cory Booker is going to be. He's not going to be going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. He he's he's too worried about trying to trying to match others. He's trying to match. He's not trying to lead. He's not trying to take charge. He's not taking any Spartacus moment, despite the fact that he'll call himself such. He's just willing to be middle of the pack, and and as a result. You don't expect him to climb. So he'll be he'll be sitting around the same plus or minus five. But over time he's gonna be losing it. I as more people fall out, don't expect him to grow. Who else? Who else have we got? Outside of that, I mean there's really nobody notable. Right? The author, she made a lot of headlines because people were, were just enamored with the uh with the lunacy. Right? We got a real nut job here. How about those love rays? Send me some love rays. Oh. Oh, yeah. 
That's that's the ticket. We want you to be the president. Come fight Trump. Harness Trump with the love. I don't want to see that porno. I really don't. But harness Trump with the love. See if that's going to win. It's not. Really isn't any notables. Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders, I really don't think either one of them are going to win the nomination. Where it goes from there, Kamala Harris or, or Elizabeth Warren. But outside of that, not really much opportunity for others. I think G, uh, Judge is he's going to be an honorable one. Uh, was Yang in the debate? I didn't catch day two. Yes, he, Andrew Yang was in day two. Um, I think the numbers were somewhere around three to five minutes out of the two hours. He literally didn't get very much time. And um, during that debate, uh, he made the accusation that his mic was turned off during times. So he wasn't able to speak out and speak up. Uh, but he really did shy away quite a bit. He didn't. He didn't really speak out otherwise. So maybe the allegation was true, but... He wasn't really speaking out. He got hit with the the universal basic income question, and he kind of fell fell on his face with that one. He was not. He wasn't uh, uh, great when he did speak. He didn't move anybody. He got mocked by the MSNBC questions, but uh, he really didn't do much. And so Andrew Yang, I think he's falling apart. You know, we're not secure in that bag, and I think for the right reasons. Um, any libertarians, including us here on Muddy Waters Media, when we were when we were supporting the Yang Gang, hashtag Yang Gang, that was a horrible week. But uh, when we were doing that, that was all satire because it's ridiculous. It's, it's stupid. You're going to pay a couple thousand dollars in taxes each year in order to get a couple thousand dollars back. Hey, do you want your own money back? How about you just stop stealing my money, government, instead of supporting somebody with universal basic income? So yeah, Andrew Yang, he's he's gonna fall away. He's he's not even worth mentioning much further. He, he I think his real big publicity, the reason why people were, were looking at him, was just because he was different. He was he was a, a a big contrast while pushing similar ideas. He was definitely different in in different than the rest of the field. The twenty seven thousand Democratic candidates. So, yeah, thinking about that whole entire debate, the big picture that I'm taking away from this is that none of those candidates really have an opportunity or a chance. The enthusiasm going behind all of the Democrats, you can expect 30-40% of that to fall away when, when their candidate falls away. I'm I'm Kamala or bust. I'm Joe Biden. Tossle my hair, or nobody's tossling this hair. Um, you know, it, it's that idea. And so I think that the, these debates are really opening up the idea that President Trump's got a good chance in 2020. Hey, Jacob, welcome on, man. How's it going? Hey, good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. What's on your mind, man? What's on your mind? Hey, no, um, I think I'm a few minutes behind you, or, or 30 seconds behind you on the uh, stream. Yes, sir. But, uh, you know, I've been following the strike and uh, quite a while. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I love, I love the, the passion that you put into this discussion. I appreciate it. Uh, um, so, I don't know. I, my thing is, 
as like you know as as a nanoscale history of nanoscale history, mm-hmm. which I think I think it's pretty close to where I'm at. Um, Tough Gallery really is the only decent left. Yeah, and, and I totally agree with you. She needs to step up her game. Yes. No. Pretty much got this in the bag as far as I'm concerned. I I wish I could um, I wish I could in good conscience support Tulsi Gabbard. It's tough. It's tough. I mean It is. If she does not support killing people that have never done us wrong. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, with Amy and the way that she actually projected herself out on, she was day one of the debates. Um, I was actually was impressed with her. Um, she she definitely carried herself with 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 some composure, and she, I think she did well for herself. The problem was was that she wasn't, she didn't break out in any way. She didn't really step up and step out, and and so she she's not somebody that's going to be notable. Um, she supports everything that every Democrat out there does support. And so I don't think that in any way she's going to be, she's going to be remembered during this, during the, uh, during the 2020 election series. Um, she brought up, you know, her, her uncle Dick, (laughs) Dick, um, She brought up her uncle Dick during the debate and talking about him up in the deer blind. And I think that just merely talking about hunting may have disenfranchised a couple more people from her. While it was good red meat for people there in Minnesota, um, I, I think that that was really a, a calling that she was going to be losing um, some of the more uh, the more radical left. And that's that's really what she needed in order to to leave a mark. And so I, I don't see Amy Amy Klobuchar moving even into to future debates. I, I think that this might be like the last real real time that we see her. Okay. Thanks. Yeah man. I appreciate you calling in. All right. Thank you again, Jacob. I appreciate that, man. Um, yeah, no, Amy, Amy definitely did. Um, she surprised me. I don't know much about Amy and I don't know much about her history. I know about her stances a little bit. Uh, you know, we saw this, right? She's in favor of open borders. She's in favor of, you know, um, I believe she was one of the ones that actually had raised her hands for removing private insurance and everything else. But Amy, she's she's a dime a dozen. She's not going to stand out. Um, I think that she this would be a good way for her to help um, her future runs as as senator 
Um, it was a good. It was a good campaign finance for her, right? 2007, so I was eight. Okay, so Amy Klobuchar was just reelected in this last year, in the 2018 election. So she is set up right now. Um, if she were to win, right, she would obviously have to resign as senator. But this is a nice point where she can come out and she could take um, take kind of strong political stances, and there's not really any blowback. If you guys look at our, our representative here in South Carolina, or my representative here in South Carolina, one of them, Lindsey Graham, Lindsey Graham, for the first two to four years after being reelected, he does what he wants to do. He anti whatever stances he makes. But the last two years, the last two years, the 18 months, he is a strong, hard Republican conservative or believes in shrinking the government or blah, 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 blah. He could do that because the last because we as people are short. We have short memories. We have extremely short memories. And so we do. We forget all those things from three, four years ago. So Amy right now can take this. She can run for president of the United States. She can collect all this money from across the country. And that can help her in her future election if that's what she decides to do. Now, I'm not saying that that's what her, her intentions are, but this would be something politically um, smart to do, right? We saw with, uh, with uh, Robert Francis O'Rourke running against Ted Cruz, everybody knew that he wasn't going to win. And even when, when we came up to the end of that election and Ted Cruz had won, he had said that, look, I'm not sharing this money. And as soon as he said that, as soon as he said that, plenty of people knew he's running for president of the United States. Now, is is Beto O'Rourke, maybe we should talk about him for a second. Beto O'Rourke, is he going to become president? No. He fell apart. He fell apart during the debate. And as a result, we know he's going to be going away. He didn't gain support. He, He virtue signaled by speaking Spanish, despite his Irish descent. And uh, it didn't work out. It didn't pay off. He took the risk, took the gamble, and he lost. He fell apart. He didn't seem very well composed. He didn't have his lucky blue shirt on. Um, And and so, as a result, he's going to fall away. Now, is he going to run again and again and again and again? Maybe. Maybe he's doing this for the political money. Maybe he's doing the same thing. He sees Bernie Sanders winning. And and I think that this really brings to another idea. that that the Democrats, Republicans, some libertarians maybe even, they understand that you can run for election and you could become rich. You could become powerful without actually ever obtaining power. Just the mere advocacy, the mere stepping out there and, and trying to gain something. To gain an office is enough to get the endorsements from people, to get exposure for people from people, and to get their money. And you can you can build up your own personal individual life by doing so. So I'm, I'm maybe not accusing these people of it, but there, there's an opportunity there. And I think Amy Klobuchar, right? This is a risk-free run. Gets her name out there, gets some money, gets some support, gets some endorsements. 
now whoever's going to be running against her in 2024 there in in Minnesota, if she's not running for president then, she's got a leg up on the field. Remember, these every single senator, every single member of Congress, one of their main primary goals of being a part of the Republican or the Democratic Party is to raise money. They have to raise as much money as possible for the party. If you could do it on a personal run, do it. Or if you're just raising money through other methods, do it. That's one of your main objectives as being a representative. Now, if that doesn't show you the corruption of, of government, I don't know what will. But but as I was, I was saying before Jacob had called in, Yes, Jacob. Yes, Jacob is nailing it with this comment real quick, and then I'll, I'll continue. Uh, Yang could have killed it with the math nerds if he had another five hours to explain. He could have, but what he provided was was falling on his face, and that's the what ifs. They don't matter. <laughs> the Yang fell down. He met his Yang. Or he met his Yin. But um, but like I was saying earlier, right? The the ways that these th- these people are going, right? The left, the Democrats are driving further to the left. They are all endorsing and grabbing onto Bernie Sanders' stances. There's no longer really any moderates that are are breaking out, that are getting exposure, that are are getting the support from the people. They're driving further to the left. Now that's good for the Democratic Party, right? If the base is following along right with them, sure, fantastic. But there's going to be people within the Democratic Party that don't attach themselves to that, that that wake up and they realize Democratic Party doesn't represent me. We see this with the the walk away. We see this with the blacks. We see this with other political movements. Now, the problem is. If they go to the Republican Party to oppose the Democrats, are they going to change their values? Of course not. Are they going to change their principles? Of course not. This makes the Republican Party a little bit bigger of a platform. A little bit bigger of a government endorsement over there. So there's an issue there. But the important thing with these elections is the 3% vote. The 3% independent vote. That's all that matters. 3% plus one. If we're looking at at, at true split um, elections, right? You, You use all of the math. You have all of the math all the way down to the bottom. I'm not going to bore you guys with all of it, but it's a 3% plus one. And if the Democratic Party is disenfranchising people, they're growing that 3%, but they're making it easier and they're putting it up for grabs for others. And I think that this is something that President Trump may be, may be successful in 2020 in doing and grabbing more people. He's taking a lot of easy political populist wins and the Democrats are making it simple for him. And what we see right now Right with President Trump going down and being the first sitting president to walk into North Korea. The Democrats are frazzled over how to handle it. Do they scream at him that he's about to cause World War III and continue down that rhetoric? Uh, That's not going to work. Do they cheer at him for making history? No, no, no. I don't show him any support. Do they say that his trade deals are going to cause, you know, cause disruption or whatever deals that he's trying to make that they're not going to be effective? Well, they've tried that before and we saw how that works. 
what do they? How can they spin this as Trump is bad? How can they spin this as Orange Man bad? They have to have something that they don't have, and that's called patience. So the Democrats are are just completely well well off base. They're off the rockers, and and they're not making sense any longer. So Democrats are are making it easier for a Trump win in twenty twenty, and I know. I know that makes some of you happy and makes some of you upset. I'm still, I'm upset and I'm excited. Hopefully Trump can can finish out on some of his promises that he started, or at least start working towards them. Looking at you, federal debt. Um, but we'll see how it plays out. But I think right now Democrats are 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 losing this. The Trump derangement syndrome has harpooned them. And there's no way that they can snap back to reality and snap back to being in touch with people in order to 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 bring it back and bring it home. So I I'm making my projection right here, right now. 2020, it looks like President Trump is going to be winning. And uh, as they continue to grab harder on the left states, the uh, the deep, 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 deep blue states. What are they doing for the states that they need to win? What are they doing for the Midwest states? What are they doing for the the Bible Belt? Just disenfranchising them. So, with that, guys, I uh, thank you all for being here. Thank you all for tuning in tonight. Make sure you guys tune in Tuesday night, tomorrow night, Spike and Matt with Muddy Waters of Freedom. Wednesday, Wednesday night, my fellow Americans, Spike is going to be having... Um, a guest host, that is me, coming on there with him. Guest starring, not guest host. Guest starring uh, myself, so that will be an exciting night. you guys have questions, comments, or whatever you guys would like for us to cover on that night, feel free to drop it on us on our Facebook, on the YouTube, or on the Twitter comment section. Send us a message on Facebook. Um, I'm now on Parlor, so you can find me at Mr. Bearded Truth. Find us somewhere, find us anywhere. Let us know what you want to talk about, what you want to hear, what questions you may have. Um, thank you. Big shout out to Jacob for calling in tonight. I appreciate that, bud. And um, <clears throat> Thursday night, of course, is with Matt Wright and the writer's block. He will, of course, have a fantastic guest, as he always does. And then we'll finish off the week with me, Mr. Merck of the Beard of Truth, Jason Lyon. With that, guys, I hope you guys all have a great night. Look forward to seeing you guys throughout the week. Hope you guys are safe. Be well. I'll see you guys soon. Y'all take care.